Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Get ready to go behind the scenes with Amanda Flaker and listen in on private conversations she's had with powerful creators who are building the new world, as well as her thoughts on the Abundance Matrix. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Today I am coming to you with an interview I did with two women that I have been working with over the past year, and the three of us have been preparing and creating an online retreat for the new year, 2023. Um, But I wanted to introduce these ladies to you, give them sort of give you a chance to get to know a little bit about them. We sort of all interview each other in this. But for this intro, I just wanted to share with you um, a little bit from both of their bios. Just so these women are seasoned professionals. They're incredibly gifted. I feel so honored to be working with them. Claudia has been a claricognizant, clairsentient intuitive with over 23 years of trauma-informed psychotherapy. Um, and she has a practice in downtown Washington, D.C. She was originally trained in psychodynamic psychotherapy and has expanded her modalities to include interpersonal mindfulness and neuroscientific approaches. She is trilingual, so she does sessions in um, Spanish, English, and French, and she her her clients are primarily multicultural entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, authors, journalists, um, and and she has she works primarily with people from the um, LGBT community and people of color. She is an empath leader and has more recently been working with training empaths as leaders. I can't wait to take her empath leader course next year. Claudia is incredible. Um, I she's just she's just been such a powerful light in my life over the last year, and so has Dale. Now Dale lives in L.A. She has sensed and read energy since childhood. Childhood um, over the years, she has cultivated her natural talent to read energy through formal studies and degrees. She has a ton of degrees and pretty much everything you can imagine when it comes to healing. She's also an integrative somatic practitioner, and she, what she calls herself is a practice master of embodied alchemy, which I love that. Um, she uses a variety of interdisciplinary tools and vibrational techniques from sound healing to mind-body practices in order to guide people through the process of living with their natural rhythms on, of their daily lives. And Odell has really helped me understand how essential healing the central nervous system is and actually clearing trauma all the way out of the body. That, that, that the deepest level of embodied healing is when we work with the central nervous system, learning to regulate our central nervous system. And I've done a few sessions with her. She's incredibly gifted, so sensitive, maybe one of the most sensitive people when it comes to energy and seeing things that I've ever worked with. Um, Her work experience includes a wide spectrum from psychiatric hospitals to A-list celebrities. Um, She believes our vibrations, energy, and frequencies create our state of being, and she calls our body our vision board. So Dale just takes it to the next level in terms of actual embodiment, and the three of us, we have just come together realizing that as 
as we form together, as we form our work together, it creates a really powerful trifecta, which is why we call ourselves the trifecta, meaning working with the mind, which is where where a lot of my work is in terms of our philosophy and understanding the world of abundance and understanding how that translates into our psychic reality and our psychic intimacy. Claudia focuses really deeply on human intimacy, the heart aspect of what we are. And Dale is all about embodiment. So we have body, mind, heart, and the three of us really make a powerful combo. So I'm excited to share this interview with you. Like I said, feel free to go watch it on my YouTube channel as well. And if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, I highly recommend it. I have a lot of new stuff coming out for 2023. Um, So without further ado, here's the interview. Hey guys, I know it's been quite a while since I've posted a video with my face anyway, and um, especially with other people. And I am so excited today because I have been sort of behind the scenes. The reason I haven't been very public is because I've been doing a lot of really deep integration work. And these two women that I'm with today are part of that integration work that I've been doing. Um, Both of them have been really instrumental in some of my healing and integration. And we've also been collaborating together behind the scenes and have a lot coming. (laughs) And we wanted to share it with you. And so today I wanted to invite um, Dale and Claudia to uh, my channel and to my podcast and share with you just what we've been up to. Um, And I wanted to just start by saying both of these women, like I said, have been instrumental in my healing Uh, Both of them found me through my work, and yet our working together just became collaborative. Dale, who's over here, well, on my screen, she's at the top, I guess, (laughs) the blonde. Um, Dale lives in LA. She's been doing this kind of work for years and years. She does somatic work. She'll talk a lot about what she does. But for me personally, I've done a couple sessions with her um, for somatic work. And also just we've had a lot of we've we've all been talking and talking and sharing our codes and i have to say that i had no idea how important um actually moving trauma out of the central nervous system is that's been a big part of what i've been doing uh in my work behind the scenes and with claudia claudia is a psychotherapist also an empath also works with empaths um empath leaders And she really works in the realm of human intimacy. And she's been a huge part also of just witness for me. I have to say that it is so important to have people who can witness us that are also gifted. And that I feel like spirit has blessed me beyond measure by bringing women into my life, people into my life who are incredibly gifted and talented, who can see me in ways that I can't see myself who are also gifted. And I think it's the next level of healing because we know that like the traditional methods that are out there can get us so far, but the people that are, a lot of us that are coming to the forefront and the gifts that are coming into play are really about the deeper, deeper, deeper integration. And it, and I personally think it must be done with people who are gifted, who can see multidimensionally, feel multidimensionally and include the whole body, the whole self into the equation. So I'm excited to um, just introduce these two women to to you guys and share with you what we've been up to and what we have coming for you. So um, yeah, I don't know who wants to start first, like where exactly should we begin on our journey? We have like, there's just so much we want to share with you guys. Um, but I definitely want these two women to to speak and to share with you a little bit about what they 
about what they do. And we're going to ask each other questions. It's going to be fun. So sure. yeah, let's jump Cloudy, in. I can't wait to hear your story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love origin stories to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Just origin stories. And I love, Dale, what do you think of you and me talking a little bit about our first encounter with Amanda as an origin story just oh, like fabulous. That, first, that first experience <laughs> of Amanda um just just because you did you know spirit did bring us all together and um so for me it was you know I, I if you know my story and I'll tell it later because we're talking about our origin story with you Amanda is um I've been doing a ton, a ton, a ton of healing all my life, but it seemed to, and for most of us, it seemed to really accelerate probably around just these last 12 years, right? Like these last years, this last decade, um, all of these massive transitions and, and this global awakening has been happening. So I kept just being on YouTube being on YouTube and Amanda was hilarious and just following different teachers on YouTube, following different folks, really clearing myself out, having new ideas in this new world transition awakening. And I kept getting um, videos like invitations to watch you, (laughs) Um, but I didn't know you for, and, and you would always like appear by a Creek or you would always like, I just, I was like, why is this even appearing on my, on my feed. Um, so I kept sort of just like moving you away in, mm-hmm. in some way, like, no, no, no. But spirit just knew like, watch her, watch her. Cause I, I was like, who is this woman by a Creek? Um, <laughs> and really who is this woman by a Creek just sitting down talking? So I, of course I pressed play and it was an enormous before and after. Mm. And one I can't go back from because once I listened to what you were saying around lack living and abundance living and about being an empath. And I'd heard, you know, you hear these trickles before, but when you said the word empath, for me, it's like my whole body lit up. Mm. There was something so activating about how you were talking to empaths. And um, the way that I described my experience with you was it was sort of like not only an an activation and awakening, but also a call to arms and not in the weapons way, but just a feeling of being called, like really called and that you were speaking my language. Mm -hmm. I just felt so known, And so I had that feeling of the sixth sense movie where all of a sudden my whole life um, made sense as an empath. Everything I I look back on my whole life and so much made sense, but also the experience of what's happening now made sense, makes a lot of sense. And where we're headed into heaven on earth, um, the call to heaven on earth also. So it was this past present future experience with you. So all the chakras were lit, complete spiritual orgasm, awakening. It was just intense. And it's just, I've never gone back basically from that. And now I'm out in the world um, teaching so much. So yeah, that, that, 
that girl on the in the creek by the creek. <laughs> the girl by the creek. <laughs> and I just was like, what's what's up with this girl, this Utah girl by the creek? <laughs> the creek <laughs> here are uh, activating. They're they're definitely activating. Lots of magic. Yes, yes, there was something <laughs> about it. Yeah, for sure. All those codes. Yeah. My Amanda story. Let me take a breath on that. Yeah. When I first heard Amanda, now I'm saying this not out of ego, but, you know, I'm an 80s child, which means I started with Louise Hay. I started with all the people that, you know, were big in the 80s and I'm okay, you're okay, all that stuff, gestalt theory. I've studied it all. Um, And let me segue to, I guess, about five years ago. And I don't know what, because I'm computer illiterate, but for some reason, Amanda came on and my heart, it was her resonance. It's not what she said, because my whole life I've been dealing with guilt and shame and lack, but it was her resonance Mm. that took a deep dive into my soul. And I knew that I had to go deeper. So being a good New York Bronx girl, I stalked her for two years <laughs> until I heard from her on email and until she got back to me. <laughs> Did it story. take me two years to respond to you? Years. I kept going and going. I knew what I wanted. And this really is an accolade to you, Amanda, because I'm not flaky. When I find something that I know you know, and it's really hard in the spiritual supermarket out there to really, but I knew that you were resonating to me and that I needed you to hear what you had to say because you gave a new vocabulary to things. You know, part of resonating and going deeper is letting go of old ideas Mm -hmm. and um, allowing for the newness to come in. You're another generation than I am. So that was my Amanda story. And I um, then when I did some workshops with you and I met Claudia, the first time, I'll never forget where she was on that little screen. And I had this gut feeling that the three of us are going to be working together at some point. I just, I just knew that in my gut of guts. And um, so it, it's all happened organically. But you know, as I said, Amanda, you really, and for this is your channel and everyone knows that I, I call you when I introduce you, you know, you're the visionary, you're the new revolutionary visionary who brings new language, new depth, new codes, and a new way of seeing, i.e. a new way of being, which we realize isn't so new, but it's a different you're attracting a different generation and even older generations. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing that forth. So I'm forever grateful. Yes, I feel so grateful for you guys. And I'm amazed at how, first of all, I had no idea that you had been trying to contact me for two years. There's, I've had so many issues with emails and I've gone through so many different tech things that I've had people message me and say that, like, I've been trying to get a hold of you forever. So anyone out there who's trying to get a hold of me, it's not, it's not personal. I, I missed so many messages. But I would love to, um, like, one of the things that we decided to do in this is kind of interview each other a little bit, because we we know each other's stories a little, but 
honestly, these two women that I'm with right now are ex- not only extremely gifted, but have been doing this work for a very long time and and have both have their own unique modalities and understanding and are both multidimensional. And so I wanted to share, I was so excited to share both of them with you because I feel like we in many ways for people like us represent like the whole package personally that I believe what we need when we're healing in, in the integration part. And so um, maybe we should go back to Claudia and then back to Dale again, but Claudia, I would love to, to for you to share sort of where, how you got into this and then kind of your transition to work now working with empath leaders and this whole trajectory you're on with, with human intimacy and just like where your work is right now. Sure, sure, sure. And let me just back it up and say, Dale, even though it's all been organic, you've definitely been at the forefront of bringing us together. So like, like, like in some ways you are prophetic in that you saw that Mm -hmm. But you have just gently, beautifully, lovingly just been like, all right, it's time. Um, because it's been about two years since we've all been in sort wow. of Amanda's, right? But you've been, I feel like, amassing this moment. And so it's here. It's here. And thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for bringing us together. So my story is that I've always been attracted to in internal the internal life um since I was a little girl right so this idea of going inside whether it be through art through poetry through music through um journaling I think most of us as empaths there's certain characteristics that are outside of the traditional characteristics that I've been tracking and one of them is that empaths journal <laughs> naturally we write every almost every empath i know pulls out a book and starts writing mm-hmm. whatever they they just write and so i've done that all my life and like most empaths um i have a history of trauma that i didn't even know about right sort of my early 20s um, and, and anything before that, there, there was a lot of leaving my body, a lot of contorting and chameleoning, which was a super gift. And, you know, my dad was in the foreign service. So we moved from country to country to country to country. So my ability to have to adapt, it was like this gift and it, it's a curse because I also experienced myself as incredibly internally alone. Although very, but my defense was to become very popular and very, um, you know, liked and chameleoning according to whatever was what whatever country I was living in, basically. And um, but feeling extremely alone. And again, no blame games here. Right. But it was sort of the childhood. And then that I existed in. And in my twenties, I always feel like that's when my sleeping volcano exploded mm-hmm. through relationships, through uh, my obsessions, my jealousies, my phobias. I got an intense phobia. And, and the way that I teach that is when spirit is just trying to get your attention for us to go into healing. Um and that included therapy and lots of spiritual studies 
progressive Christianity, Buddhism, lots of meditation, 12-step programs galore, which I find are a great way of reformatting the mind and finding community. Sort of these, these key ingredients that we need all through life, but they take different forms. Community becomes something different, but 12-step programs really provide it. Mm-hmm. And this that was my sort of first experience of reformatting the mind, of substituting thought, um, of filling in the vacuum. And all of those are ingredients that that we use forever. It just takes different external forms. And as you all know, and my first experiences with therapy, again, the spiritual journey, that was a time where I studied. I studied, studied, studied all of this, studied many spiritual leaders, taught, I was teaching. Um, And as you guys would know, I applied for, I got into the Columbia School of Public Health and I couldn't do it. I couldn't even go because those are like the little voices from the empath that kept saying, this isn't you, this isn't you. And then one night I was mopping my apartment, mopping it. And there was a newspaper open and I saw the words clinical psychology Mm. as I was mopping and everything happened sort of like the Amanda experience, like these moments of getting lit up. And I knew that was for me. Mm. So I got a master's in clinical psych. And all of that was to make, to sort of formalize what I was already doing. Um, and I'm in Washington, D.C., and that that just started. I, I joined a private, an international private practice here that represented me. Um, it was owned by two married gay men at the time in the 90s when it wasn't as popular as now. Um, And it was fully international because as you guys know, you know, I'm Latina. So I do, I know I do therapy in Spanish, English, French. And, and DC is perfect for that because there's so much international movement here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having access to all of that Mm -hmm. Um, and lots of LGBTQIA plus people. And those are my folks too. Um, in tw- 2009, I woke up from a dream, and the dream had the words dynamic. And at that point, I'd been following Extra Hicks. I'd been reading Conversations with God. I'd been going to all those workshops. And the message was to create something that I now founded called Dynamic Meditation where I put together everything that I'd ever learned. Mm. And I think one of my gifts as an empath is that I'm a bridge. We're all the bridge archetype, but also I translated all these spiritual and psychological concepts into normal talk. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of my gifts. I just put it in normal talk quantum physics into normal talk um law of attraction into normal talk into psychological talk and so for 10 years and i have this groups of folks who have really 
just just been a part of this process and it's really helped me. Oops, getting a little dark. It's really helped me clinically. All of my clients have taken it. It exponentially moves people forward, dynamic meditation. Um, and so the last little bit where I met you guys, so, and that's, I've been super, I'm known here in Washington, D.C. for all of that. Um, it's taught people meditation in a way where it's portable and practical because this isn't just about sitting. It's about asking questions. And we could talk about that later. Like, But in 2019, I had my first uh, psychedelic experience. Um, and it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful because it unearthed my childhood sexual abuse that in spite of all my years of trauma, I hadn't been able to access in the way that I did. And it revealed it to me beautifully, gently, lovingly. Um, And then I started a much deeper, more profound level of healing that I think coincided with the pandemic, coincided with Amanda, coincided with where the world is going, with this amazing trauma healing that's happening in the world, period. Mm -hmm. It's coincided with everything that's going on outside. Um, And in my case, the pandemic was amazing because I just went all the way in Mm -hmm. with Amanda's teachings as well all the way in. I it's almost like I closed all my shutters um and have reemerged now with uh dynamic reevolution which is more it goes beyond dynamic meditation to sort of how we need to be engaged with the planet and others. Mm-hmm. And your teachings Amanda have been instrumental in me forming dynamic reevolution mm-hmm. and the empath leader um, so I feel extremely called. That was one of another one of my wake ups. I I just woke up and I heard the empath leader. Um, and I am an empath leader. I'm not just an empath, as you guys know. I'm I'm a leader, mm-hmm. and I'm guiding folks, healed empaths, empaths who've done the work, like you guys, um, to take up their leadership or their meaning or their purpose in the world right now Mm -hmm. because we really the planetary moment the evolutionary moment is so wobbly but this is a time that we can really redesign what's happening i believe this i know you believe this i know dale believes it that it's our heaven on earth movement basically yep so yeah empath leader is a big part of it and dynamic revolution is a big part of it Mm. So that's, I don't, I mean, I, you know, we, you, we could go on forever, but I think what happened to me happened to many of us totally. and we needed folks like Amanda to like sort of, you know, bridge us through that period. And now we're going to be bridges, I think is what's happening. Totally. Claudia, it's I'm so still nice. stuck on a- I'm still stuck on all the languages you speak and do therapy in. <laughs> I do. It's really bizarre. I didn't know French was a part of it as well. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Either. <laughs> I'm, I'm I know. I'm, I'm sort of closeted about some stuff. I really, Amanda knows this. I'm like, it, it was in one of her course. It, it was 
in the first course I took with Amanda that I said, I for the first time in my life, I said I was born in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which I never talk about. I remember about. that. Yeah, I you remember, remember that, that Dale? Yeah, you were I there. Remember, I remember yep. that. Yep. And it was such an, like a brain anomaly for some reason, the way you said it, like the statement that you came out with and just the right. way you, and that was the first time you'd ever introduced yourself. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that I had seen. So yeah, right. you right. have such a fascinating background. Fascinating. Both of you, yeah. All of us, all of our stories are so interesting. Yes, really, really yeah. like, um, and so, but also feeling so broken on the inside, right? right. Like so, so doing the empath thing of leaving our bodies all the time. And then right now, I mean, I think, Dale, that's why it's so powerful that part of who what you're going to do in our workshop is bring us back to our bodies because it's impossible yeah. to do our healing and our spiritual life. Meaning coming back into the body is the call is like graduation oh, or something. Yeah. It's the culmination. It's coming back into the body. So um, I think all of us have represented what the world has gone through and where we, what we're wanting to do. Totally. So Dill, I think that would be a, like, this is like a perfect point for you to jump in about what you do specifically, because okay. it's so unique. I mean, I know you don't think it's as unique as it is because you're, you've always been on the cutting edge of all the new stuff coming out, but it, it is especially polyvagal theory and all of that, like that for the masses is new. So I would love for you to dive into kind of your background and what you do. Okay. I, having said that, do me a favor, cause I'm older than you guys remind me. I want to also mention something in case I forget. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I always say, and this is the truth, and this is the part of my one-woman show. It's the beginning. When I came out of the womb, I missed the good old days. Mm. I can still hear my mother saying, Dale, comb your hair. Dale, <laughs> sit up straight. You'll never attract a man looking like this. By the time I was born, I was totally exhausted and had no self-esteem. Mm. That pretty much is my story. And that feeling of isolation that you talk about, those are my earliest memories, Claudia, of that feeling of isolation, mm -hmm. of feeling different, of not feeling a part of, mm -hmm. and feeling when I was old enough um, to label it. And I wrote an article on guilt and shame. You know, when we're so little, we can't experience, we can't be angry at our, you know, our parents. So energetically, we just turn that into shame. And then we're able to learn about it. Once our neocortex is able to learn about it, we're able to have a vocabulary. But, you know, trauma, you know, that's my story. I, you know, fantasy was my drug of choice because I did disassociate from the body. So people like Esther Hicks and, you know, when The Secret came out, all that stuff was like a second language to me. But reality was never my forte. Mm. You know, reality was never my forte. My body was never my forte because I was outside and I was disassociated. Mm. So I became, um, I was very quiet and shy. And like yourself, then I learned how to be popular and prom queen because you know, I learned what it takes to be nice. And um, I can say that being a saint almost killed me because it wasn't authentic. Mm. 
And I too created all these characters. That's why I started acting. Um, I did a lot of things um, just because I always needed to help people because we know I really needed help. So what do we do? You know, the opposite. I worked, I was with Cesar Chavez being a leader in the United Farm Worker Movement. Um, went to school, got tons of degrees, became a social worker. And also got sober at a very young age. So when you remember, I had my first blackout at 10 years old. I had my second alcoholic blackout when I was 12. Mm. You know, and um, so I have always been studying and searching, like a lot of us that study trauma. You know, I've always been searching, you know, I've always done the 12 steps. I've always studied, as I said, with the Louise Hayes and, you know, and back, I have a whole thing to talk about as far as affirmations go. Um, But, and and I became an actress and a yogi at the same time. So I understood, like yourself, I always studied, you know, with all the spiritual greats but I was still disassociating from my body. And I want to bring this up to now because I am older and I could talk forever about my past. But what started happening is I really work, you know, in all the 12 step programs besides alcohol, the codependency, I was always, and I didn't know that being an empath, I always just labeled it as codependency. And for all you listeners out there, if you're just labeling yourself as codependent, there's a whole missing piece. And that's what I have to thank Amanda for. You know, it's making me cry. I cry. Um, because when I finally got that missing piece, it was like, oh, yeah, this is not something I can get from a 12-step program. This is really accepting a part of who I am, and I've been mislabeling it. Mm. If I mislabel something as people-pleasing or codependence, I don't have the clarity. And clarity is what brings a change of behavior mm-hmm. for me. So I started, and by the way, and I'm not trying to sound, this isn't coming from ego. I know breath work is a big thing. I got my, I studied 25 years ago, breath work. You know, I was doing the singing bowls 25 years ago, you know, doing all these things 25 years ago. So I know neurofeedback, all these new things that we realize nothing's really new, but I still didn't have that connection. And once I started identifying myself as an empath besides being an alcoholic a sex addict and that was another thing that's a whole different story honey i was a madam when i was 17 you know it's a whole different story you know all these addictions we had all these stories but what started happening once i started getting that clarity i started having a different authentic voice. And I realized it's kind of like, I love the metaphor, it's having a vacuum cleaner without being plugged in. What is having a vacuum cleaner if you're not plugged in? And that circuit was my body. Mm. See, I've studied my body my whole life. I've studied it. I was a top yogi and fitness person and you know, training and teaching. And then I started learning about the psoas muscle and they talk about in Taoism how it's a spiritual muscle. And I always 
got really excited about anything having to do, this is my whole life, by the way, anything to do with the body. So I knew that there was a deep connection. I mean, I started yoga, you know, listening on TV to this guy, I forgot, Hittleman or something on television when I was a kid. So I always knew there was a connection, but I wasn't embodied. Mm. And the reason why I've been doing, I was doing a spiritual bypass for 20 years of my sounding good. You know, I was always asked to speak and I sounded so good but I was never angry. I never allowed myself to have jealousy or rage, which means I never accepted my humanity. Mm. But was so for the last years, I've been studying the nervous system and I had the great, I had, it was grace to find a teacher called Stanley Rosenberg, who, who wrote the book, The Power of the Vagus Nerve. And this was years ago. Now, the word vagus nerve trauma and empath are the new like past the salts, right? Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. But not only was I studying it, I was doing the work. And I did all my trauma work. I went into the desert. I became something called the psychoneuroenergetics, using the points to bring out p- trauma. But what I was noticing is I kept re-traumatizing myself. Mm. And I noticed that a lot of things out there, a lot of my clients you know, they kept being re-traumatized. And I had a, what, what is resiliency? What creates resiliency? I had all the, God, I offer this up to you. You know, I had all the God stuff. I had all the psychological paradigms, but I wasn't inside my body. So when I found out, when I started studying about, here's this little nerve, it's called the wandering nerve, you know, and it goes throughout, it, it, it controls everything in my body. And when I realized when I, you know, and I always knew about gut sensations, we all heard about that, you know, that the gut controls everything. And 10 years ago, we all started taking probiotics and prebiotics. But I never knew that 80% of our brain information comes from our organs and our viscera. 80% of it goes to the brain and only 20% of the brain controls the organs. That was such an epiphany for me because I was so mind-oriented and we live in such a, well, if you figure it out, you'll be fine. Old therapy was based on trying to figure things out. So when I started to learn, I, I've, I never had kids, honey. I'm a, um, I'm a hoe when it comes to learning. So I was taking all these courses and getting all these certifications, but really getting and learning about my nervous system how my nervous system, you know, being embodied is about the nervous system and learning about all the signals and the nervous sympathetic, parasympathetic. And then polyvagal theory brings about social engagement, which brings us back to that feelings of isolation. Mm -hmm. We have something called cranial nerves. And one of those cranial nerves, I think it's the 10th, is our vagus nerve, which runs through the heart and the lungs and the digestion. It controls everything. So unless we talk about regulation, part of being what you talk about, um, Amanda and Claudia, a heaven on earth is building community. Mm-hmm. We build community through our social engagement, through our face. You know, I don't want to bore you with all the details. I mean, because I have so much. But 
Oh my God, bored. Like, are you okay? No, but I'm like entranced. Exactly. Amanda, I'm like, more, more. And and then I I were like, more, teach us more. No, but then at the end, at the end of the workshop, I'm going to talk about something called the reticular activation system. And this has to do more with the penile gland and spiritual transformation having to do. But remember, I think the most spiritual thing I can do is remembering I don't like raisins in my bran muffins. Because for me, as I said, reality was never my forte. I was, I'm an energy healer. I see colors. I see where people are in the body. But sometimes it's hard for me to see the what is of a situation. So my spiritual practice is always having to ground myself. Mm. So this is what I wanted to bring about. What I teach is what, how I still integrate myself. Mm-hmm. So I've been to all the rehabs, you know, there's like a million rehabs in Malibu, alcoholic rehabs, you know, and I've just been looking at them, analyzing them, what they teach. And sometimes we're on information overload. And I loved what you said, Claudia, as far as keeping it simple. See, and I'm going to end with this, you know, 12, I think it's 12 million of our neuron endings pick up the biofield. In our cognitive brain, it's only 130 to 164 is our cognitive brain able to pick up versus 12 million nerve endings in the biofield. So hopefully, I mean, my dream is that we'll be able to pick up biofield before it gets here. Like acupuncture, we work here before the needles get here. We're working on a different plane of existence. But first, I have to become embodied because I don't want to. The, and I want to end with this. The, my fucking Italian's coming out. The more <laughs> I get embodied, everyone, the more I'm having the spiritual awakenings. Mm. The more It's a whole different paradigm from the law of attraction and how my thoughts create reality. Because guess what? The more that I become, it's giving me the chills, embodied, the more the miracles are beginning to happen in my life. Mm-hmm. It's not through thinking. It's not even through resonating. It's from all the above. It's really re-experiencing. It's called proprioception. Where is my body in space? Mm-hmm. So um, it's a daily practice. There's no there. I keep studying, but I always have to start with the body And yes, heaven on earth begins with me of being in my body. And that's why the working, working with the two is, is so important for all (laughs) you people out there in Amanda's um, podcast. Get those people that you really resonate with. It's making me cry because having these two people in my life has made all the difference in the world because they just have to look at me and I'm being healed. And that has to do with polyvagal and a lot of other stuff that we're going to be discussing in our workshop. Yes, exactly. Oh, Dale. Oh, it- I know, I know, I know, I know. Right, Amanda? <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Yes. This is, this is what happens, I think, between us all the time, right, Amanda? Is that is that we the three of us will speak to each other and the immediate deposits energetic deposits are immediate and i think that's actually what can happen to empathy all the time is that we learn not just through words as dale was saying but through through our experiencing each other but go ahead amanda you were i I mean i have a few things like i wanted to take notes as dale was talking but yeah no i mean the main thing i was thinking as you were talking is that um 
really, I think what the new, what embodying heaven on earth is it, and this is a lot of what I teach. So it's familiar to people who listen to me, but it, 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 it does involve all that we are, the body, mind, and heart, the past, present, and future. And it all is transmuted in the now. And I think that we're so programmed to just repeat the past and repeat the stories. We we're even told how our lives are supposed to be and when we retire and what we do, it's all laid out for us. And so we miss sort of the um, the subtlety of the heaven on earth that's now that has to do with being embodied. It has to do with having new thoughts, but also a new way that we integrate and embody those thoughts. And I think that um, it, it community and communion, when you said we look at each other, like that that's part of building heaven on earth. I can't remember the exact words that you used, but it is, I, I just, I got chills in my body when you said that, because I really think that so many people have your story that have been healing for years, studying for years. And it's that, it, that piece of embodiment. And I think communion, communion makes all the difference. And as I always say, we can't really truly commune without being sovereign. And I think that's what makes our trifecta, which is what we call ourselves, makes our <laughs> trifecta so powerful when we connect you know, I want to discuss, add on to what you said and also bridge what Claudia had mentioned also when she so brilliantly was telling her story. Since it used to be, there's no sep, you know, they taught that yoga was uh, bringing together, this was in the 70s, of body, mind, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And then we realized they've never been separated. Mm -hmm. And then it's the same thing with the multidimensional, you know, future, past, They've never been separated. Mm -hmm. And I'll, for the ancestral trauma that we all know is coming, I believe that our grounding sticks has to be community. Because cool. I couldn't do this without the two of you. That's really the truth. With mm -hmm. everything that's coming, with my new insights, if it wasn't for the two of you, and that's why, once again, I like that you use community. Mm -hmm. And yet you have such a big one, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super grateful for that. So I, I let can I'm going to be writing you guys just in the sort of the empath way because from what each of you has been talking about, Amanda, can you say more about so, the way sovereignty and communion come together? Because there, it's nuanced. It seems really logical, but there's because lots of people live communally, mm -hmm. lots of families, lots of ethnicities I know because of my own ethnicity they live in community a lot and they live in codependent ways and they live in toxic ways so can you actually um talk about sovereignty and community totally well I think you're right in terms of like of course there's been community and communion or like uh communities that live in what did you say not communion there's another word it's communal that are communal mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, coming from a polygamous family, having such a huge family, my my mom's never like my aunt and my mom, who were both married to my dad, were never living together in the same house. But we still had we had to be communal and everyone helped each other. And that's how sister wives are in polygamy, too. Like all everyone comes together. And I grew up with such a strong sense of community. Honestly, I always felt like my family was like everything, you know, and I and I couldn't imagine not having my family and. But as I grew up and got older and started to heal, I realized how codependent I was and how I didn't have any sovereignty. 
even though I had community, I had no sovereignty. I didn't even know who I was. And, and I, I remember the idea of communion from church, like the idea of communion always really like lit something up in me. Like I knew I had had moments of true communion and I, and I have obviously as I got older as well. And I, I always was sort of like, what is that? Where's that line? Like, how come if I'm around too many people, or we've talked about this a lot, but usually the, whoever the strongest dominant resonance is in a room, empaths will often sort of shift to, or begin to sort of unconsciously serve or accommodate. And I, when I started doing my deeper healing is when I had to really look at what, what is it? I had to, I had to break away from community, honestly. Uh, Cause even I was, when I was Christian and had a very strong Christian community, same thing. I realized half of what I believe, or I I'm saying, I believe, I believe because my community believes it because everyone was reinforcing it around me. But do I, 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 it's like I had this epiphany that I didn't even know what I believed. So the subtlety and the nuance that you're talking about, I had to figure out through breaking away and through finding who I am, what I actually authentically believe, what I, I actually authentically know. And honestly, I realized oh my gosh, everything was a program that someone else had given me, pretty much almost everything. And to get to my authentic truth, really, I had to become the most interesting person to me. And that that was my journey for when you guys first met me on YouTube. That was the journey I was in. Is I, what was your bottom, Amanda? When you say that, what was your bottom that created all this my bottom was uh leaving christianity when i went through that my existential crisis and and realized i didn't want to be in religion um i was also dated a woman it was the first time that had ever happened i lost my christian community because of that and that was honestly my bottom that was my bottom it was the first time i had ever felt a community not only you know they love they still loved me in their own way but it was definitely a break like literally the words we can't we can't mm-hmm. commune with you anymore because you're, 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 it's just not, we're no longer in the same place. And I remember that was just huge for me. I remember thinking, I never ever again will I form a community where I have to, we have to believe the same things in order to commune. That, that was really where I like, that was my bottom. And that's when I lived in Portland, but that it really broke my heart. Honestly, that whole experience broke my heart. And and I felt off like I, I because I was so such a people pleaser, I felt like so much of me was preoccupied with how everybody else felt. And it was a huge deal when I when I, you know, told my friends that I was dating this woman, they because they my community of Christians, they all called each other. They called my friends in Italy, told them like oh. called together an emergency prayer meeting for me. And it was the whole thing was humiliating. And all of a sudden, my sexuality was under a microscope with everybody. Everyone was asking about my sexual abuse. And the whole thing was so traumatic, honestly. And people were young. People have apologized since then. I I have no grudges about it anymore. I really released it. But at the time, it it rocked my it totally rocked my codependent world because I had a whole community of people that that no in my mind just they no longer could see me for who I am. It's like I was suddenly a different person, it, or suddenly like I, I was definitely over there now because I I didn't agree with these fundamental things. Even though for months and months and months I had been telling them that I where I was, they knew I was in an existential crisis. But it was the dating a woman 
that was in line that was drawn for everybody. So that, that was my bottom. And that, and I, I honestly, that experience, I, I think there's a huge part of me that has been because my Christian experience was really amazing. And I really did have a lot of amazing community. And the one thing I love about plugging into a church or whatever is you can have instant community and then you do get love bombed a lot, especially, but I realized the subtleties of the shadow contracts and all, and that's how the whole, you know, for those of you who know my language, the whole thing came to me through that, the mimic program, the, um, lack and all of that. I realized, wow, all these different groups, whether it's Mormon or Christian or secular, because I lived in Portland at the time and had a huge secular friend community group. I realized actually they, in in many ways, it was all the same thing because I later experienced through my secular. Yeah. I I experienced similar kind of rejection. Oh, you don't believe this. So we, you're no longer part of you. We can't commune with you anymore because you don't agree with what we agree with. And that has been sort of the existential crisis I've been unfolding for a while. Like, how is it possible to have communion and not agree with people? And yes, absolutely. It is. That's the secret. Actually, some of the best communion can come through that. And I think that's where, where so many groups are just, they're missing the mark, not just Christianity. So most groups we, we insulate and isolate and say, we're this, this is what we are. We label ourselves, we define it. And then we start being against everything. That's not what we are, or we start trying to convert everybody to what we are so that we can have communion. That to me is codependency. It's not communion. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can like plug the empath into this, right? Sort of like the healed, not the wounded empath, because we're all wounded. You, We listen to our stories, each of us, right? The story matters. And most, and sharing our wounded story and sharing our broken story, right? So it's so important. I'm hearing the three of us share our, like our wounded, broken story that's coming, that as we heal, transmute, transform, evolve, right? We become more and more into the chosen life. But I think the role, and Amanda, you've been talking about, you're, you've been singing from the mountains, um, is that the the healing empath or the empowered or the enthroned empath is key for that type of communion mm-hmm. because the empath naturally sees other people's points of view mm-hmm. naturally just as an organic characteristic or is willing or is willing to feel someone else's heart and is willing to feel someone else's story um even when it's attacking us mm-hmm. even when that story attacks us we are willing so if we can harness that beautiful characteristic and bring it into this world that we're living right now, or bring it into um, communion, mm-hmm. right? From, from and there's there will be the ability to have different points of view and differences. I think the other thing the, the empath has is sort of this language of respect, like trying to stay respectful and respectful and respectful, and I think that allows for believing in different things. Well, and I think just, I think connecting on our, in our humanity, 
is when we when we split off into groups and we try to be above humanity. It seems like that's what everyone's trying to do is be above humanity, be better than their humanity. And, and, it, and it's connected psychologically to the elitist hierarchy system. And so I think it's just so deeply inbred in us that we 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 actually are constantly at war with our humanity. And that's how we end up hurting each other. And I think for me hearing that, it's like the best we could be is being a human being. Mm-hmm. I know for me, when I really accepted what I was talking about, that I'm angry, that I'm all the dynamics of yes. who I am, what a mammal is. When I had that acceptance, it freed up my energy and a certain self-acceptance happens. And for me, when I have that self-acceptance, my nervous system calms down because I'm not fighting of who I think I should be or fighting something that's not happening. And I, for me, believe that when my nervous system comes down and I'm in my body, that's a prayer in and of itself. Yes. Yes. Beautiful, Dale. Just love that. Mm -hmm. And Amanda, for me, with you, right, Dale, I know you feel this too. One of the things that you said and that you're saying right now, that was like, holy shit, we are at war with our humanity. Mm -hmm. For millennia, since we were born, since the human being, since Homo sapien existed, we've been at war. And it looks right. It looks like classism, sexism, racism. It looks like all of that. Mm -hmm. It looks like clubs. It looks like it looks like so many things. It looks like honking at each other in traffic. But this concept of being at war with our own humanity was just, it's, you know, it's at, it's at the same moment, a no dom moment, but it, but also this explosive moment of enlightenment. And that's the envisionary, that's the visionary in you, Amanda. I always say that, you know, I say it loud and I say it proud, like James Bond, you (laughs) are a true, one of your gifts is you're a true visionary of who you are and you're one of the people that help put give us a paradigm mm. to help put things all together and it's giving me the chills right now yes. i just you know i'm not putting you on a pedestal i'm just really resonating what you've done for me what you've done i know for claudia and just yeah. who you are the essence of your being i mean that i'm dittoing you on that claudia that's yes. brilliant yes yeah. Well, there are words and phrases that are, that do feel like just a meditation, right? Because they awaken us. Because I know so, in the therapy that is like, that's how people feel seen is when if right. you like back through either your human intimacy, right? Or, or words, what they're experiencing, all of a sudden, it's like what you were saying, Dale, like that moment of clarity. So I would like for Claudia... I know you have a book that you're writing, Humanity 101. I would like for you to address that a little. Yes, yes, yes. It's exciting to me. Yes. Well, it's sort of like my whole idea of the journey back to simplicity, um, the, the journey back to human intimacy, which we, you know, as empaths know, but we haven't named sort of the journey back to words like care, right? Everything. So if we make it more sophisticated and more complicated, someone valet parking our car, right? 
which feels like luxury, is actually at its most basic form, care. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone putting flowers in our hotel room, someone um, spraying eucalyptus at the spa, which today we pay thousands for, right? And it feels VIP because in humanity, we have now made that VIP. Someone who nurses us beautifully, who stays up with us, right? We have to pay a lot of money for. And yet that is basic human care. Mm. That now we've categorized into VIP, we've categorized it into thousands of dollars, right? So, so I, my human intimacy that you were talking about is, is sort of the things that we have as humans organically. My first chapter, Dale, in the book is all about my phobia and being on a plane and <laughs> sweating and being nauseous and sobbing as an adult woman. And the person next to me offered me their hand. Oh. Did you just feel that? Yeah. I know. Did you just feel that? Yeah. Okay. That's human intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's basic. There's so much in that. There's empathy and care and divine communion and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. And we don't need to know each other. We don't need to know each other to do that. And I have so many stories like that. I look forward to reading this. Yes, right. You could feel like, uh, right? Like, do you see how the moment got so acute? Um, and that is humanity 101. Um, and, now and I'm understanding the name of the book. So thank you for sharing that story. You, you, you get this, right? Yeah. It is hard to, like, this. The concepts that I teach sometimes, like even in, even dynamic, everyone's like, we, we don't totally get it until, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not a language, like I am a language person, but I don't know how to describe what it is. You that just I did it through story. I think yeah. that's how we all identify. I know experience. I do. Each of us have yeah. experienced each other and you guys, Dale always says, I want people to meet you so they can experience you because it's hard to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe it um, until, you know, we all have felt, even the three of us just felt that moment of intimacy through a story of intimacy. Well, and um, I think that what's so powerful about it is that, as you just said, it we have set up a human system around the globe that that makes people feel as if basic human intimacy, basic human care, basic human decency is something you have to earn. You're not innately worthy of it. And that's and and everybody sort of feels that way. And I think that's why it it 
even just believing that messes with human intimacy because then we end up doing things that we don't really want to do, but we do it because we want to get approval or love or acceptance or be enough or whatever. And that in and of itself, we all keep feeding it in many ways. I think it's changing dramatically right now, but it's been fed for so long that it's just this, I, I see it as this meta data that's just running in the background of our of our systems all the time that we don't even realize is directing so much of what we do and i think th- those moments of human intimacy you describing that in the plane like th- it's it's kind of like how jesus taught it's so simple it's the simplest things but we've overcomplicated and made everything into a competition and everything into you have to be worthy you have to climb a ladder you have to be enough you have, you have to be a good enough person to be worthy of being loved back that we've, to, we've totally messed with our basic innate human qualities that this is why it's, it makes, it's nonsensical to go to war with our humanity, because I think that's the most natural thing for us to do is grab someone's hand who's struggling. I mean, just that one thing, it's just like you're, we need each other. We, we will not survive without each other. We have to have human intimacy. And I love, love, love that you, that's a huge focus of what you're bringing, not just language to, but I think you're bringing dynamic energy to it's the perfect word. And it's so interesting because that's what calms our nervous system. That's what co-regulates our nervous system. You know, the, the, (laughs) the little simple things. I mean, even the, tools that I teach are so simple, but mm-hmm. it really has to, you know, that we help each other. I mean, there's practices that we do on our own, but we really, even just, you know, we, our vagus nerve runs through the ear. So even when the baby's in the womb, it's one of the first in embryology, I think it's one of the first senses that they hear. It's just even talking just regulates the nervous system, talking mm-hmm. to the baby. Yes. I mean, little, simple, gentle, kind things that, you know, and I, I just want to say it's important also, and this shocked me. Three years ago, I was working at this fancy rehab, one of the many I've worked in, and they were teaching something called value therapy. And that shocked me. It's like, are you serious? I thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. I swear to God <laughs> that they were teaching. I really thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. I really kid you not. And it was like, no, this course is called value therapy because a lot of people were born without being taught values that we think are so organic. And obviously they weren't given the right environment to nurture something that we know, as you just stated, Amanda, comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I think just kind of wrapping back to our work together and um, we haven't even like discussed what we're what we're actually putting together. But what I think that the 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 three of us I've learned from the three of us connecting is the simplicity of of deep of of what being witnessed, mm-hmm. having yeah, someone talk to you soothly. We we talked last week, and I, I had a had a hard day. That day was just hard for me. I was PMSing, and it was just a hard day. And the three of us got, we were going to actually do this recording last week, but I wasn't in the space to do it. We still got on the phone and immediately, just us all together, immediately regulated my nervous system. And it doesn't actually take that much. You know what I mean? It doesn't Mm -hmm. just the simple or this morning I burnt my forehead when I was, when I was curling my hair and my partner came in and just kissed it. And I, I swear it instantly felt better because he kissed it. And I was thinking about how when a mom kisses you, when you hurt yourself, how that always 
seems to help. It's like these little, little things that we forget that are so simple, but they're so essential for our growth and our our communion, our true communion and and our our well-being and our health. And I think that we've overcomplicate things and it's an, it's important to get back to the simplicity of this. And having said that, that, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was just going to say the other part of that is because you guys helped me a few months ago, you know, it's being vulnerable to ask for help when you needed it. I know at one point in my journey, I always thought I had to be a know-it-all that I didn't let myself be vulnerable because I just, it was that ego that I had to know it all, be it all. And I realized that wasn't, excuse me, accepting my humanity. Mm -hmm. So I remember asking you guys for prayer and for help um, because one of my biggest fears is coming true in my life. And I went away for four days and just being able to have that in my head, I had a totally great trip. I was able to, not that I didn't feel grief and I didn't feel trauma. That wasn't a part of that. But having the space of knowing that the two years were there, it created a greater capacity for the grief to live inside me right next to the resiliency. Mm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And don't you think, Dale, I know, Amanda, you live by this, but Dale, you too, it's like the, that where we are today, we must, at least I always teach from a place that I've been through the journey. Yes. I've crawled on my knees. I've gotten on my stomach in, in sh- you know, shaking out my post-traumatic stress disorder. I've been in the bathroom floor meaning that part of my teaching or part of my expertise and my knowledge, tons of theory. I am very well trained, psychoanalytically trained, psychodynamically trained, neuroscientifically trained. I've got all the theory, but really what's what grounds my expertise is my life experiences and, 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 it, I have been broken and healed and, and I've put myself together and I've used the balm of Gilead all over my, my insides and my heart, like what your story. And I know, I know for sure, Dale, that your story has that, but so much of it is, is sort of speaking to our journeys, like right. that, that our journeys really mattered. And if we continue to be ashamed of our journey, of the places that we did have to get on our knees. Um, well, then we're not healing, right? Part of it is being able to spread the word that yes, part of our humanity is that we go through all of that. And Dale and Amanda, wouldn't you say that in terms of embodiment, at least this is how I've experienced it. I used to not be able to understand affirmations. I used to not be able to understand high um, spiritual principles, like turn the other cheek. Cause I was like, fuck, no, I'm enraged. I'm full of vengeance. I hate you. How can I turn the other cheek? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm jealous. H- how, you know, I'm full of jealousy right now. Um, I couldn't get what, what I saw as putting in from the top down 
affirmations or high spiritual principles that make sense, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't go in. So the way that I teach or I've experienced it, and I'm wondering if, is that I had to go through a whole journey of cleaning out my original story, sort of like Mary, Marie Kondo, like, right. Or, or the home edit girls of the way I talk about therapy is like categorizing. Well, that was my mom wound. That was my dad wound. That was my sexual abuse. That was my existential loneliness, like having to declutter, clean out, say yes to all of my jealousy up and out, right? Like have these parts of me, before I could even start putting into my root chakra, basically, before I could even start putting in the seeds of new thinking, the seeds of positive thinking, of being embodied. Like, I think it's having, Dale, would you agree with this? Having cleaned out so much of the original. Well, having said that, Claudia, I'd like to extrapolate because you brought in a lot of things. Yes. You brought in, first of all, acknowledging what you're feeling. Yes. Accepting what you're feeling. You also brought in a really vital concept of really taking a look at your belief system and what the stories we wake up in and looking what's true and what's not true as far as really being able to clean the house, the things that you're willing to let go of. You brought in forgiveness. You also brought in gratitude in the beginning, all the tools to really clean that house. Yes. Yes, for sure. And, And so even for folks who aren't feeling embodied right now, um, that part of the work is sort of this cleaning up of our story and keeping some of our story, right? Like, like, and I, I think that, and let's, why don't we could talk about what we're wanting to do is sort of this, for me, the idea of heaven on earth is the chosen life. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, Parts of the parts of us we are choosing, the parts of the planet that we are choosing, the parts of our preference. Amanda, you talk a ton about preference yeah. that we are choosing. Um, heaven on earth for me is full of preference, full of preference, which isn't really fuck used to anybody. It's just our personal preference. It's not against anything. Right. So it is this. Volume two is the cleanup of our ver- of our original story. And I call it the volume three is our heaven on earth life, which is the chosen story that we really choose. And in Dale, in your language, why your, your, your message is so profound is I think it's the moment we come back into our body with our chosen selves, with, with sort of heaven on earth living that we are finally able to sort of land like a rocket ship or dock into our bodies. I, I think, you know, in in the last 10 minutes of our podcast that we kind of, for the audience, Amanda's audience, we kind of went over everything that we're going to be teaching, yes. except in, in a story form by our experiences in the workshop. I was wondering if there's anything else, Amanda, that you'd like to add or put together or just a piece of how, so we can get a little bit more clear what the workshop. Well, yeah, most, I guess we haven't, 
we haven't really technically said we're, we're doing a three day online workshop in January. We'll have all the details in the description box. Um, they'll also be in, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Um, that'll give you all the details, but it's a, essentially a three day retreat, um, that each one of us will be leading a part of. And it's for this whole picture. Really, I'm going to be starting out um, with with my stuff around the, the difference between lack and abundance and, and intentionally stepping into abundance and getting out of the mimic programming, getting our creative energy out of the out of mimic, which is what Claudia was just talking about when we dock into the body with our preference. And um Claudia is going to be then taking that and and focusing on the human intimacy part. And in her, all of her modalities, and then Dale is going to go into on the final day, the body and actually being embodied. And she'll lead us through um, some of her modalities and techniques as well. So that's essentially what we're doing. And the reason why we even came up with this is because we've, we've been doing this with each other. (laughs) And um, it's been so insanely healing and profound, I think. Um, And also, I think all of us are just in intimately aware that there's a lot of empaths being called right now and that there's so much out there. There's so much information out there and there's not a lot of the whole picture. You can get pieces and fragments kind of everywhere, but I think to have a space where we create time to be able to, to focus on every essential aspect of what it means to be an embodied abundant in path. The retreat is called the abundant in path. Um, and so that's essentially, I wanted to introduce you guys to Dale and Claudia and kind of to us and our energy and what we've been doing to just let you know what's going on. And if, if you guys feel sort of drawn to any of the things that we're talking about, or especially if you're an empath and, um, wanting to be more embodied, that's really what we're coming together for what we're here next year. We'll probably, we know that there's probably a lot more to this than just the retreat. Um, but but yeah, do you guys feel like there's anything that we need to touch on still specifically but, about that? I think you did. But one of the things that I hopefully and we'll talk about this is that we're really forming a, a community also mm-hmm. that this won't be a one time shot that we're really forming a community. I know, Amanda, I've been a part of your community for a long time, but just really, it's just essential at this point. It is essential to be a part of this community. And I just want to know, I'm excited about it. I'm, ex- you know, it's not we're teaching you. We're a part of this workshop. It's it's the old mimic paradigm of, you know, student teacher. We're mm-hmm. going to be a part of this with you. I'm looking forward to being a part of the workshop with y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of really connecting and yeah, I think that it's going to be dead. For those of you who've taken, I did, I've done one live workshop before. This format's going to be a, a, quite a bit different, um, just in terms of, of how, cause these two women are, we're just doing it differently. Um, so I think that I've been craving a space. I know on, online is, is so awesome because people from all over the world can be a part of it. You know, it doesn't really matter where you are. You can be a part of it. And I think that I really have a feeling that 2023 is big time cleanup <laughs> from all the stuff that's been going on. People mm. are having, I think a lot of the the rages and the the triggers are simmering down and we're able to see a little more clearly, not that there's not going to be more, but I really think empaths in particular need solid grounding 
in sovereignty, first and foremost, your own self, and then in communion with others, not codependency, not even community, but communion, which is, which is something when we truly witness each other's humanity, I think that's what heals us. And I'm, I think that's what all three of us have a deep passion for is, is witness. I think, I think you could say that Mm -hmm. at the core. Right. So I I would add beautiful, you guys, I'm just so excited and thankful and honored really when I'm watching the two of you to be a part of this, it's sort of an, a a beautiful out of body experience. Um, So I think it's important to note that we've been talking a lot about how much we've embodied this. So embodying the number three has been very important. Mm -hmm. Embodying the idea of Trinity, sort of mind, body, and spirit. Embodying where we come from. Embody that one of us is on the West Coast, the middle and the East Coast. We have embodying... um, uh, maiden mother crone and we take turns at those roles actually Mm -hmm. um each of us take turns at at each of those roles so there's there's a ton of embodying this this trinity this trifecta and and we do that on purpose and we name it and we speak to it on purpose Mm -hmm. that uh that this experience will be through our mouth but mostly through our resonance, what happens between us is what we'd like to radiate out there as well and pull, right? Electromagnetically for sure. Um, And the idea of abundance, that abundance is constantly at our fingertips, like human human intimacy um, and how to name that, how to name that we are constantly abundant. And as Amanda, as what you said, it's always in the now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always in the now. It's in the daily bread. Yes. Um, I've been using a lot lately. I've just been using a lot the concept of our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Um, so we chose that title in its fullest form. The Abundant Empath. Yes. And it also represents the bridge from the wounded, the traumatized empath, the bridge that we are trying to, this work that we're trying to do into heaven on earth living now, now. And the other part I want to add, thank you, Claudia and Amanda, is how, I mean, this is authentic. We're really excited about this. This is, this is the new thing happening. And we really want to share that excitement with you. It's something real and it's something we want you to be a part of. Well, and I just have to say, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, the opportunity to work with either one of these women is pretty like phenomenal. And Dale has been working in, in LA and, and she's worked with so many different people and, and Claudia too, obviously Washington DC as she had, but it's these, these women are gems and to to be able to work with both of them to be able to work with all three of us together I think is quite a unique experience these these women are very well seasoned are so good at what they do I cannot wait for you guys those of you who are joining I cannot wait to see for you to see them in action because they're both phenomenal and and so good at what they do um very seasoned professionals and so I I, I'm so excited to be able to I feel like I'm kind of hosting the the space like my philosophy is going to surround it but I really feel like 
you guys are holding so much of the meat of it. And um, I couldn't be more excited about it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, does anyone want to, is there anything else anyone wants to say before we wrap this up? Is there, do you guys feel like we need to? I'm good. It's going to be juicy. Gonna yeah. be juicy. Yeah. Join us for some Join great us. juice, 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 juice. Check out the link. It'll give you all the information, what we're doing, a little more background information on all of us if you're curious. Um, and like I said, there'll probably be more to come. So if you can't make it for the first retreat that we do, I'm I'm sure that the three of us are going to have other things that we that we put on together and share. And probably we'll do more interviews and all of it. So Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Claudia. You're welcome. I love Thank you guys you. so much. Thank you. Thank bye. you, everybody. Thank bye. You. Yes. yes. Bye, guys.